Hey folks, welcome to the Besides and On podcast. My name is Scuba. Uh, just before we get started, I have to give a shout out to Ori Karn for providing the background beat. He's got an instrumental mixtape out right now called Sample Point. You can get that on subfrictionrecords.bandcamp.com. I'll leave a link down below so you can check that out later. Uh, today we've got two people in. We've got uh, two guests from the Liberal. Start again. We've got two guests from the Liberal Democrats in Scotland. We have a. Uh, Oh, you do this, you do this. Right. <laughs> Two seconds up with you. There you go. Right, today we're joined with the Lib Dems. We've got Lauren Jones, who's uh, the list candidate for Mid Fife 
Mid Scotland and Fife. And we've got Jane Ann Liston, who's also on the list, but is also a constituency candidate for. Mid Fife. Mid Fife. And Glen Rothes. And Glen Rothes. Yes. I knew that. I was just making sure you knew that. So, uh, let, let's start off easily. How did you get into politics? I think it was just a question of wanting to get things done. One could, you, you looked around in, in the, the, uh, where you lived and you think, hmm, it would be nice to do something about this. And it would be nice if someone did something about that. And then you realise, hmm, maybe I should be doing something about this. And uh, and that was it, really. I got dragged kicking and screaming into politics by my husband. Um, he was an avid Lib Dem and I got sick of sitting on my own on the weekends while he was out delivering and doing political stuff. So I, I started going along and uh, just got sucked in. And then I realised that like you probably could make a difference being a politician and being an activist and ended up being one myself. <laughs> so I, I, I love the description she used as well. She got sucked in, she was dragged, kicking and screaming yeah. and the And instantly just happened to appreciate the exact same party as, as her husband. Well, we wouldn't have got together if we weren't interested in the same things. Yeah, but you could be, you could be a Green Party politician, which is a lot of the same kind of policies as the Lib Dems. I know, but I feel like the Green Party have to wear a lot of, like, you eco-friendly clothes and I mm-hmm. quite like shopping in Primark and I feel like that's obviously just not going to work for me so mm-hmm. um, Do you feel like you'd have to start wearing hemp t-shirts? Just to yeah, kind of you know some grass skirts that sort of stuff, <laughs> like sandals all the time Some of that stuff I is beautiful I like myself a wee grass skirt occasionally mm-hmm. just a nice I was going to suggest a hemp t-shirt but if you're with the grass skirts then Oh no, grass good. skirts are beautiful Stephen you need mm-hmm. to, need to open get your mind green, you need some grass skirts in your life <laughs> A wee barbecue, a nice grass skirt. How could you know? Like well, that, that sounds dangerous. I mean, the grass mm. could catch fire. Yeah, where's green? Uh, <laughs> so I would just smoke. I would oh, smoke really bad. Oh, that's uh, bad. Then you inhale smoke. You'd you basically become like a... That's a good point, actually. Ah. Get rid of the grass skirts. Right. Rubbish. Mow them. Ah. Stay on the th- there you go. There you go. So, your husband is a... I don't know his name, but Fr- he's, he's Fringe Ka- Ka- the Cowden Beath. He's Cowden Beath, and Ka- he's also on the list, and then I'm Kirkcaldy, and on mm. the list, um, so we got sort of shoved into standing this year at the last <laughs> right. minute, but um, no, it's good, it'll be fun. How do you go from being a member to then being an actual candidate? Um, I mean, for us, we were standing as councillors next year, or we're hoping to stand as councillors next mm. year, and... Um, it just kind of got brought forward a little bit because there wasn't um, there wasn't anyone in Kirkcaldy that was able to stand this year, um, and they were like, "Well, we know that you're interested in becoming a politician, Lauren. Why don't why don't you stand?" And I was like, "Well, okay." Mm. Um, so. <laughs> Actually, what what happens is that you fill in a form. They ask for people. They say, "Well, we we are looking for people to stand in whatever election it is. This is the closing date." contact us for a form and uh, then they send you something you think this looks like the form I filled in last year or something so you do an awful lot of copy and paste um, but uh, updating things slightly and uh, you, they will ask you some questions about uh, you, you might be asked why you th- you will be asked, in fact, why do you think you're a credible candidate for this seat and you give your reasons for that um, you might be asked 
how uh, what your experience is and how have you managed to d- make a difference in your community, whether in politics or in some other um, activity. Because um, you don't you don't have to be a politician to be doing things, but I think they like to see some evidence that you can actually campaign and and do things. And uh, then once you've got your application in, there is if there are more applicants than there are places, then there is a ballot carried out by the members of uh, the area that you want to represent. And we're a very democratic party because it's uh, it's one member, one vote for that. So all the, all the members in the area have an equal say in whether you're in or not. And uh, and that's all there is to it. <laughs> See, because uh, I've never been a member of a party. I've always mm. just had opinions. I'm very opinionated. I went through, I say this on every podcast, but I went through a phase of being an extreme conspiracy theorist. And then I went through a phase of being sort of a not a socialist because I didn't know what a socialist was, but believing in sort of roughly the same things as socialism, mm. and then gradually got into more what I call actual politics, where I'm talking about actual policies, where I'm discussing things that are actually happening inside politics. But that only happened uh, slightly after the independence referendum. During the independence referendum, I was still justice on the fence kind of guy mm. that was so, a huge turning point for a lot of this though was the independence referendum a lot of you kind of younger people taking paying a lot more attention it's such a difference in getting folk interested in politics people that wouldn't even have voted before went mm. out and got registered to vote and I think it's That's really a good kept thing. interest high it's, it's been mm. wonderful um, I, I can't believe how much of a difference the, the referendum did make to mm. involvement in politics and that's, yeah. that's a really good thing. I mean, even, even we were speaking to a libertarian, Cars Paul, I don't know if you know. No. no. There's a difference between libertarians and liberal yeah, Democrats, yeah, yeah, I yeah, believe. I I Apart from the first few letters. Yeah, I was just saying that he's also standing. So I, I, see. I didn't know. I see. Right. But uh, he was saying that he's, he's standing now and he only really got interested in uh, politics during the independence campaign as well because before he was sort of like me he was just sort of jumping for opinion to opinion so yes well quite often you get people who uh, you, you knock on the door and they say oh I'm not interested in politics but then I, I, but you wonder what they mean by that mm. uh, they're possibly thinking of big macroeconomics or something like that well I don't know anything about that either but uh, when you say well politics means things like your schools or it means the NHS it means your public transport oh, it means the whole Oh, yeah, exactly. The potholes in the road, and, Everybody cares and, about that. and and sometimes dog mess on the pavement and things like that too. Um, and and suddenly people are making the connection that this is a something. To, this is what politics involves, and uh, that's the more local level. But uh, and, and then perhaps you can get them interested. Yeah, because uh, we are heavily involved in the hip hop scene in Scotland, which has a lot of fuck the government and not really having any idea of what fuck the government means. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very... Apologies for swearing. Mm, yes. <laughs> I think um, one of the things I always say to folk is if they've got a gripe about something that's going on in the country, oh, David Cameron yes. did this, that's not fair. Who did you vote in the, for in the last election? Mm-hmm. And if people say, I didn't vote, I'm like, well, it serves you right. Yes, so exactly. You can't complain exactly. in that situation. I hate when people say they don't vote. Yeah. It really upsets mm-hmm. me because even if you end up um, spoiling your ballot, if you really disagree with that many candidates, spoil your ballot and show that you disagree, but don't just let it fly by and ignore even, it. Even spoiling the ballot is just going to 
leave the person that got the most votes in power. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, well, that's better using your vote for something that you believe in. But if there's genuinely no one that's standing that you mm-hmm. can agree with, mm-hmm. then at least show that you're dissatisfied. Don't, don't, don't just ignore Don't just stay it. in bed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I still think that's going to be difficult because even in this constituency, there's two socialist parties, there's the Libertarian party. I noticed parties, that, yes. There's Conservative, there's Labour, there's Lib Dems, there's Greens... If you can't find someone that you agree with, at least on a few topics, you, you, there's something wrong. You've no read some manifestos or something. There's, there's Absolutely, a yeah. I mean, choose what you're most interested yeah. in. I mean, for me, like, yeah. I'm I'm dead interested in, um, like, mental health provision, and that's something mm. that I think the Lib Dems do really well, yes. um, which is helpful because I am a Lib Dem. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, choose, choose what's really important to you and then find out what party goes with that and vote for them. Yes. Well... Sorry, I, I was going to say the question about people who say that they don't vote. What I tend to say to them is, well, remember that the rich and the powerful have always voted. Once upon a time, they were the only people that had the vote and they did all they did, to, all they could to stop the franchise being widened and extended to ordinary people. They will continue to vote. So if you say, I'm not going to bother to vote, if ordinary people like you or me decide, I'm not going to bother to vote, that's fine. But the rich and the powerful will continue to vote and they're much more likely to get their people in. Mm. I have no idea whether that works with anyone, but that's normally what I say to them. And their people tend to be the people that I really don't want in. Well, well, there's an incentive for you. And of course, you mentioned all the different candidates. It's unfortunate that we've still got first past the post, but at least for the Scottish Parliament, it's mitigated, although the constituencies fought under first past the post, which doesn't work for more than two candidates. Um, You have the top up. Um, with the regional list, so you get something that's a bit proportional. Yeah. But uh, we, we, we should have, we should have gone to STV. But uh, um, this is where I can make some dreadful joke about a television station, but I won't. <laughs> um, but uh, even you know, as you know, there was the there was the sort of halfway house that was proposed for the additional vote, and the whole of the United Kingdom voted something like two to one against it. Scotland wasn't was about the same. As the as the rest of the country, um, in fact, the, the place that was most that was closest was Northern Ireland, and even they um, were slightly, at, um, I think it was something like fifty one forty nine against AV. So th- there was the opportunity to change it. That was a compromise. I honestly think that if we had gone to AV, then there would have been demand to go on and make it better, like single transferable vote. But because we decided to stick the first past the post I can't see any voting reform coming in for a while yeah. and you get all these dreadfully distorted results like we saw last year but uh, but there we are Was that a dig at the SNP then? No I was actually thinking of the general election and uh, mm. uh, you, you, it's funny yes you did mention the, the Scottish National Party because they um, had they did benefit um, disproportionately from the number of seats, but I was just thinking of how the Conservatives had oh, got right, back right. in, and, and they didn't have—I can't remember what the percentage of the vote was that they actually got. But again, they uh, disproportionately benefited too. And a yeah. lot of them are in an expenses scandal now, aren't they? Their election expenses, the Panama the, Papers and stuff as well. Have been oh, I know that's been a nightmare. But with their, um, like, you've got to declare how much you've spent when you're mm. standing for an election, and. 26 Conservative MPs have come forward and said, oh, I think I might have made a mistake because they mm. were looking into it. I think I might have made a mistake. I forgot to put a few things on, Ooh, which dear. is convenient because <laughs> they've only got an 18-seat majority and there's 26 of them that have uh, 
Oh god. <laughs> Remember we were checking yes. the council orders expenses and that for around about here? Uh, they're all, and they were all perfect uh, they, they were all like really boringly like, average. They were uh, all like yeah. really kinda nothing you could really kinda go mental about, about well, But isn't that a good thing? That means I know you've got that's fantastic, but for us. But it, it, it gives us nothing to moan about <laughs> <laughs> we, oh. can't, we can't get you on and go, ah, you can steal money, the taxpayers, because oh. they haven't. Ah, exactly, <laughs> they're actually it's decent annoying. people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, people used to comment when I was a councillor that my expenses were actually quite low because I wasn't because I wasn't driving a car, I wasn't claiming mileage, I was claiming public transport fares, and you did get a mileage for the bicycle, but it was um, it was less than half, I think, what the car mileage was, and so uh, my expenses were uh, were fairly modest. <laughs> a lot of the expenses through here are zero. Which is insane to me. It's changed, of course, because possibly um, I'm not quite au fait with how how it works. How it used to be was you were paid an allowance and you claimed uh, your fares, your mileage, uh, subsistence. If you were having to be away from home for several hours, then you could claim for meals uh, up to a certain limit. But um, it could be that now that councillors are on a salary, some of that, Maybe, maybe different. I don't know. That, that would explain how they're zero because um, um, otherwise it doesn't quite. Uh, it doesn't seem like a big salary, though. Well, I don't. It's probably how much it's is it? Sixteen thousand seven hundred and something. I think somewhere. No, I don't think. I don't think that counts as a, an excessive salary. Um, it is part-time work, though. It is meant to be just a part-time. Like but in fact, that's it, not it does, the way it works. Obviously, it does take a lot more of no. your time up than mm. that. But I mean. When I, was a I work full time and I earn less than that at the moment, so you know, yeah. it's it's probably all right for well, not I... doing like a Monday to Friday <laughs> nine till five. I do get the idea, you know, that we want our politicians for nothing. We want the best people, but we're not willing to pay them any money because we know that they're all crooks. Mm. Never mind all the, the evidence to the contrary. And uh, that was a compromise, the councillor's salary, um, because it was decided that um, it wasn't supposed to be a full-time occupation, as you said. Mm. Um, uh, the idea was to try and attract the brightest and best from other professions mm. to become councillors. So what, but coming up with the level of salary that they did, that is not likely to attract the brightest and best to become councillors. Um, it is risky because you're taking your four or five years out from your profession. Uh, you may not get re-elected and uh, uh, that's a gap in your career which might, you might not be able to get back mm. in at. And uh, not to mention the fact you then get completely reviled and uh, become public property. Uh, you know, you just go out to the pub or the supermarket or you're walking along the street and someone will say, excuse me, can I... And, and you know, normally one doesn't mind. Uh, though there are, I can tell you there were times where it was, oh, councillor, this was usually in the pub, um, I want to tell you about this. Um, it's my friend who can he get... Kind of get a hoose, and there's uh, and there's this long, long story, and they didn't probably even live in my bit. Um, and I can remember once getting really annoyed with someone who said, "Oh, she's got to listen to you." And I said, "No, I don't actually. I'm, I am out for the evening." So that is the sort of thing that can happen when you're into politics. They also used to say about me. I can remember quite a nice person stopping me and saying, "Can you see about this, councillor?" I said, um, "Okay, uh, yeah, you're not actually in my ward. It's one of the other ones, but it's okay. I'll, I'll speak to you." Oh, they said, "That's all right. We know that, but we can catch you because you're on your bike or you're on two legs. The others are all driving about in cars." When we 
can't get them. And we think, hmm, maybe I haven't thought this out very well. What, what about the, like, the addition of Facebook and everything you've got nowadays? Like, you must get this all the time because we, we spoke to, like, I think most of the people that come on, that because they're on Facebook, there's automatically just people ready to jump on them at every opportunity. It's always constant. Do you get a, get a lot of that? Uh, confession here. Well, I am on Facebook, but I'm not being very political on it. Mm-hmm. I'm mainly using it for the um, St Andrews Rail Link campaign, in fact. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's the only reason I'm mm-hmm. on Facebook, but I do have a little page of my, of my own stuff. But I have heard of all this and mm-hmm. decided the best thing was keep the head down and keep the heed, I suppose, uh, mm-hmm. because so many people don't. And I imagine when you're posting stuff on a screen, people can't hear the tone of voice, yeah. despite the fact they put all these emojis up. And uh, sometimes they take something as serious when it's supposed to be a joke. Yeah. And so it's probably not worth it. Um, so I've avoided it that way. But um, I just, um, if someone does say something that I find upsetting on like Twitter or Facebook to me... Um, I'll write a response but I don't post it and I wait until the next day and read it again when I'm not like upset or angry yeah, that's very wise <laughs> I just um, and, and I don't I don't want to be um, one of those people that are like having a go at folk online I wish that I, I had to be that person that rational thought mm. process whereas I'm just instantly like ah screw you People do seem very quick to fly off the handle nowadays. I'm mm. noticing that. And you're just reading in the paper sometimes um, about someone who's been up in court for having done this, that, or the other. And the, the, the provocation seems to be so minor. And you think, just a minute, can you not control yourself a bit and just take a deep breath? Uh, why mm. do you go and bash someone over the head just because he knocked your drink over or something like that? Mm. Um, that is, I would not call that a proportionate response. No. I think because we're so used to having everything instantly, like even like if you order something online, it can be there the very next morning. It's so mm-hmm. fast, everything's so fast, and you just expect everything to happen so quickly. And I think our tempers have kind of followed that. In my young day, we had to wait for things, and even then, we didn't always get them. <laughs> I think uh, the reason that I tend to not think about responses too much is because um, I, I tend to just respond specifically to scientific claims or to anti-immigrant claims and mm. they're the ones that annoy me. Yes. Mm. So I, I tend to always... Re- like, for instance, I think it was a couple of days ago I, I saw a bunch of people posting up this thing about margarine and mm. it's been frying my nut for the past few days because no one's fact-checked it. <laughs> it's a margarine versus butter thing Ah, and there's a, a no picture quantum. of fruit flies on the the bar, and they put all these claims up about saturated fat and trans fats, and how oh, yes. a margarine is one molecule away from plastic, and no one's fact checked anything or understood what one molecule can do, and so they're all like, oh, we need to use butter. Because I've got so high the and it t- tastes better anyway. But uh, I would say, sir, you're talking about frying nuts, and uh, I wouldn't be fry- I wouldn't be frying nuts in margarine. I wouldn't be frying anything in margarine. It's much share, better than butter. Um, like ninety nine percent of our DNA with bananas or something ridiculous Probably. like that. Like one, so well. one molecule makes a massive difference. It's, I mean, it's so insane. And ninety nine percent banana by that logic. I mean, well, <laughs> yeah, people might say that about our party, <laughs> <laughs> especially when I've got all my yellow gear on and full campaigning yeah. mode. Yeah, that's what I saw when I came to the door, just a big yellow banana. <laughs> that was the first thing I saw. Aye. Oh. That's Jane. 
Right, well, uh, it has been known for me. I had all my stuff on uh, when I, uh, the other day, and uh, I think someone called me a ray of sunshine, which is really nice. I mean, that's a change from people shouting out banana or something yeah. like that. I don't own any yellow clothes. Well, I got mine at the charity shops. I just um, I I'm really dyed them. Like I like should that. buy some yellow clothes and some standards of them. It's very easy. You just go and get the get something a light colour, and then go and get the washing machine dye and do it in the washing machine. It comes out oh, okay. beautiful colour. I've got my my jute bag that you get. Yeah. Mine is now beautiful yellow because oh, I just lovely. chucked it in there. No. This is yellow. That's that's, that's the sort yellow. of yellow. <laughs> that is, it is you indeed. Yes. Is a Lib Dem candidate? Well, I'm basically Lib Dem at this point, isn't I? I could stand. I could stand in Hollywood and just be like. Yeah, <laughs> got yellow on my t-shirt. Come on, guys. I will. T- I must tell you that there were some of my um, fellow party members who used to give me a telling off for wearing yellow, saying I was making a fool of myself. Really? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Well, there we go. But um, yeah, but please don't report that as Liberal Democrats split. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I don't think they quite understood that when I put all the, put the colours on, it's a bit like I suppose it's like someone going to the football match in a way. Mm, yeah, you're showing, sort of thing. So yeah, showing support, and it's also putting the costume on as if you're mm. going on stage because you're you're becoming a very public person at that point, mm. and it helps if you have the costume on and you think, no, I step into the role. I noticed in Westminster in the House of Commons they tend to just use coloured uh, ties. They mm. tend to, like they tore That must be awful cold. Is that, is that all they're wearing? SNP loads of like lanyards and stuff like that they wear as well. The SNP. Oh yeah. Lanyards. What's a lanyard? A lanyard's like a. We think for your keys and like. Your like yes, oh, yes. Like That's a lanyard. Oh right, right. Yeah. I knew that. I was just, again. I was just. Listeners, this is the rope, really? the sort of bit of cord that hangs around the neck and you and you um, hang things from it. In my case, it's a GPS, but uh, that is what a lanyard is. They used to wear them in the guides a long time ago. Mm. Right. But I, I don't think you were in the guides, either of you chaps. No, definitely. Kept um, what makes you think that? <laughs> I just have this, uh, this feeling. It's the boobs, it's the boobs. It's the boobs. <laughs> Um, right. I know this is live and I'm really sorry but can I go for a wee really quickly yeah oh, that's fine we'll, we'll talk to Jane that's Thanks. fine uh, where am I going sorry. Yeah, just, just straight up, up, straight up, up. Straight up. Straight up. thank you <laughs> right. right we'll cut that I'll, I'll hold back <laughs> I'll hold back my, my question that I'm excited to talk about actually I've not told you about this ever oh I'm not going to tell oh, you oh well, there you go what is it right. uh, I'm not going to tell you but I'm excited to talk well, about we'll it we'll just wait till we'll just wait till we'll just wait till we'll just wait till we'll just wait the Lib Dems are, I've, I've, I've spoken to Solidarity I've spoken to the SSP I've spoken to the Greens I've spoken to SNP I've spoken to Labour I've spoken to the Conservatives none of them have given me a solid answer on this have they spoken, have the, you spoken to Rise yet? yeah that's it the SSP are oh I see that, that, I see right I get confused we were speaking to Jenny Gunn Oh, is it? The, oh, no, I think we're going to talk about. I was going to say, did she go off? But I bet well, not. We've, 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 no, we've no spoken to her on the podcast yet. Ah. I have, I have checked uh, manifestos and things. Do you think we can but, maybe get her in the next two weeks before the election? Or well, we want to see her the morning. We'll ask her the morning. Oh, totally. Aye, Jesus. I never thought about that. <laughs> so, uh, aye, I'm excited to talk about this because mm-hmm. you said you know what it is now. I think, aye, aye, I think aye. I do. And the lived end because nobody really has a proper answer yet. No. So oh, yeah, yeah, I can't does that mean you'll get an improper answer? Uh, well, the Lib Dems so. are actually for it. So oh, I'm right, really oh, you, you did mention this this morning. So. Right. right. There uh-huh. you go. So, Here is the question. <laughs> the Lib Dems are for uh, GMOs. G- what? What? Genetic modification. Yes. Oh, yes, I rather... Thank God! I think we are now, yes. <laughs> that has been so 
much of a painful experience <laughs> to hear people who are anti-GMO and now most politicians are anti-GMO and especially in Scotland and it's been a headache because I like science and I like learning about science and then hearing politicians saying anti-scientific things mm-hmm. makes me want to die <laughs> and I'm so happy to hear about a political party that is openly for GMOs Oh, I think Ross Finney, if you remember him, he was the uh, Rural Affairs Minister in the first two terms of the Scottish Parliament. And uh, he would have liked to have um, authorised them earlier on. Um, I think the party was uh, had concerns about it at the time. Um, but I know Ross thought it was it, it was a sensible idea. So I think there, there has been checking the evidence and seeing that if provided their ways are there are ways to make sure that you haven't got um, uh, the modified organisms escaping, as it were, and causing trouble, then that's fair enough, one would think. Mm -hmm. It's exciting to me. I just like it. I would really like to see, like, some genetically modified, like, insects and stuff, like, just some really cool stuff. I reckon we've got the science to do some awesome things, and I really want to see it, but... Well, (laughs) I was watching... (laughs) Yes, I was watching that. The Joe Rogan podcast, they had Michael Shermer on. I don't know if you know him. He runs a, a magazine in America called Skeptic. It's about. Uh, probably d- spelt the key. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, sort of, it's against pseudoscience and it talks oh, yes. about religion versus science and things like that. Ooh. So he was talking about uh, trying to lower the meat consumption without forcing uh-huh. everybody to go vegan. Yeah. Like we've got. Uh, he said, talking about it as if coming at it for loads of different angles, you get people to go like meat free on a Monday, and then you get genetically modified meat so you can make meat in a lab. Uh-huh. Uh, then you come at it from a bunch of other places, and slowly, slowly you get to a point where there's no real suffering, there's no factory farming, there's no things mm, like that. Yes, and yes. I, I'm quite interested in genetically modified cows at some point, that would be quite... Because then you could make them taste different. You can make them... Like smoky... <laughs> and he smoked barbecue barbecue flavour coming through because Joe Joe Rogan was <laughs> arguing that uh, cows taste different if they eat grass or if they eat corn oh well, they've and got those that's... Japanese cows don't they that get oh, fed beer wagyu? and have yeah wagyu oh, yeah. whatever it is and they, they get I don't it's know Japanese. I, thought, I, thought, I thought it would have been sake if it was Japanese I don't know mm. I'm not, I wonder I've if it's delicious it, but apparently no, it's really nice I, I, the more you kind of feed an animal up, like different kind of yeah. different but kind of stuff, it still up. be uh, whatever chemicals are inside the cow. You could still oh, make yeah. it. That's but, it. Yeah. So you could still. I'm just thinking, you feed the cow horseradish, and there you've got your roast beef and horseradish sauce already. <laughs> feed it mint. Feed a pig mint or something like that. No, that'd be a lamb. Oh, uh-huh. A lamb. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Idiot. Aye. You're ready, a professional chef. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> so I, I'm happy about the GMOs. Uh, next bit, uh-huh. but something I'm slightly unhappy with oh. is a. I love how he says that like quite, quite <laughs> severely. You You're getting a telling off. Oh. <laughs> so, independent referendum. Obviously, the Lib Dems were f- for the no vote. Yes. Although Willie has said that he supports some members or candidates. Well, I'll, what he said is he would allow, he would allow them to, yeah. which is actually, well, we are a Liberal Party. I mean, we're not going to be 
um, giving them court martials or making them stand mm. up in front of everyone and ripping off their buttons and everything. I mean, that's just silly. Yeah. But I don't think you will find, as I think you're implying, I don't think there were too many Liberal Democrats no, going no. round the doors last year saying, please vote yes. No. Uh, we, there are individuals in our party who do feel that they support independence. That's fine. But, um, but in general, the party does, is saying, we've had an independence referendum. Let's get on with some other things. The result was fairly clear. See, this is the problem, right? Ah, right. And in the UK and in Scotland in general, Aye. the Liberal Democrats have lost a lot of support, mm. mostly in the UK. I think Scotlandies have still got relatively good support. I don't think you've lost too much. We're actually starting to win by-elections again, especially down south. Yeah. So we're on the way back. But since... Uh, the Lib Dems lost so much in the UK mm-hmm. would you then say well it's a democratic decision we could stop campaigning in those places or would you say we still believe it's the right thing to do so we're going to continue campaigning we, continue, we think what's the right thing to do just anything well the, uh, our, our policies are the right mm-hmm. policies yes, so yes. we should still campaign in these places yes. but as independence voters think independence is still the right thing to do Yes. even though we're lost we're still going to try and convince people oh yes so, I that if if, if the Lib Dems are still able to go and campaign, yes. would it not be, according to the logic that you're maintaining for the independence referendum, would you not be better just stopping uh, campaigning in areas where you've lost MPs? I mean, we wouldn't be campaigning if we didn't have party members there to do the campaigning. So there's obviously still people there that do believe in what we believe. So... Um, I mean, I know that there are probably a lot of people in the party that try to give the hard sell on the doorstep, but for mm. me, if someone answers the door and says, look, I'm signed, paid-up member of the SMP, I'm voting you SMP... You just cross them off the list and then, then we'll I mean, that's again. that. I'm not going to change their mind. No. Like, they've obviously thought about their decision and decided that's who they're voting for. It's just about being there for the people that do want to vote for us mm. and making that's sure right. that people know that that's an option. And I, I agree with that, which is why I think... Uh, forgetting the independence referendum would be a terrible idea because there's still almost half of the country at least uh, supports independence. I mean, for me, it's yeah. not so much forgetting that the independence no, referendum happened. It's more just this election isn't about whether we're going to be independent or not. This election is about who's going to run Scotland for the next five years and whether you think that we should be independent or not, you need to be choosing who's going to have the best health policies, who's going to have the best education policies, who's going to make sure that the bus runs up the road for old Margaret to get to the library. It's that sort of stuff because that's what's going to matter over the next five years at the end of the day, even if we do become independent, which... I hope we don't personally, but yes. if we do, we still need someone to run the country. And if we, over the next five years, let it go to ruin, then we're not going to have a country that's worth being independent over. That's I a think, good answer. I think we have to we have to <laughs> offer people the option. They, they can say, no, we don't like your policies, uh, and that's fine. But they've been offered the liberal values. And I think some of the other parties do seem to have gone to the other extremes and uh, the liberal message is we seem to be the only people that are sort of, that are um, preaching it and so um, it would be a bit there would be a bit of a gap if we disappeared completely so you know we can't force people as Lauren has said we can't force people to vote for us but we, we give them the message and they they choose whether or not to pay attention to it I thought it was interesting what was said about the about half the country yeah that's the difficulty because the country is split 
families are divided. I know as members of my own family who mm. took a different view from mine and uh, there's a strange relationship now that wasn't there before. Uh, Willie said he knows a mother and a daughter who haven't spoken to each other for two years because of the referendum. Now, I know that technically 50% plus one either way would have been enough, but can you think of what would have happened if Scotland had voted for independence by that narrow a margin? You would have had half the country that had were faced with an irrevocable decision because you can't go back. You can't sort of try the independence, see how you like it, and if you don't like it, go back to joining up again. Um, not without an awful lot of negotiations and, and whatever. Um, so you would have immediately had nearly half the country extremely unhappy seeing no way back, and that can't have been healthy. I'm not saying there should have been a threshold, but it's why I think the First Minister is quite right to say that she's wanting it to be much more obvious um, that, that, that they were going to win before they try that again. If you think about Norway, and Norway got spoken an awful lot about, when they voted on independence, it was at least 95%, it might even have been 99%, who voted for independence. So the people who had voted against it were a minority, very much a minority. What they did, I don't know. But And so that, I think, can be coped with. But if you'd half the country that were deeply unhappy, um, I, th- I think uh, of, we still have half the country that are not terribly happy, um, but they've still got all their flags up. I think that's interesting, because I remember just, I think... It was either just before the the result was announced or just before, and I think it was Gordon Brown who said, we mustn't gloat, we must take, once if we win, we take down our banners, that's it, because the other people will be feeling very unhappy about it and we have to make uh, build bridges, etc. And we did that. We took down our no thanks posters and everything and went out of our way not to gloat or anything. And what did we find? Just about every... Yes, well, poster is still up. And there was also a riot. Well, there was. That was by no vote. Uh, are you sure? I think, yes, I think it, was I know, by... it, it was caused by people who claimed to be unionists. I suspect none of them ever vo- had voted at all. <laughs> oh. um, I think that would have happened whatever the result was. These people that were associated with a certain football team. Um, yes, exactly. Oh, right, fine. <laughs> and I think they were just spoiling for a fight. Yeah. Um, however, but but you know what I mean. There's still all these um, yes things all over yes. the place, mm-hmm. and. Um, and if and it's the other thing too, if you just try and point out that some of the predictions that or the things that were said in the white paper perhaps didn't stack up, and the evidence is being is coming home to roost, as it were, um, oil prices is the obvious one that this wouldn't have worked, and you're immediately accused of gloating. So you were supposed to have said say nothing at all, even though we're doing our best not to say, look, I told you so. So it, it, it's a wee bit, it's a wee bit awkward, shall we say that? But I had to laugh. I, I saw. Um, in St Andrews, there was a what looked like a yes sticker up on a gable end. You know the the blue circle and the that particular font. Except I looked a wee bit more closely. It didn't say yes. It said no. And I thought, <laughs> so I, I, I smirked quietly. I <laughs> took had a quite a sad it. situation when um, we were campaigning. I'd gone um, Dundee University. were doing a series of uh, lectures called Five Million Questions. Five million people in Scotland, and they were asking all these politicians and activists from both mm. sides. Apparently, five million questions. I went to a lot of them. There's no way they got to five million. But, <laughs> no. um, it was really good. There were some really high-profile people there. We had a really good time. And one night, my husband and I were like, oh, I've got a cheap deal at the Malmaison. We'll go. 
there was always a free wine reception afterwards so it was quite a good evening and um, got a little bit tipsy um, and we stayed overnight and then we got up the next morning and our stick our car and um, we put a UK OK sticker car sticker on the back windscreen and I came back and my car was covered in yes stickers but just normal ones that they'd stuck onto the windscreen and I couldn't get them off for oh. weeks and I was like that's really horrible like if you don't agree with it that's fine but don't mm. Don't vandalise my car. I was really upset. <laughs> I mean, I will tell you that um, I confidently expect... Um, I will probably put out a Liberal Democrat garden poster, as we call them, during the election. I would be very surprised if it isn't stolen. That's happened the past few elections. Mm. And I think we know who's doing it. Well, like the same people or like an organisation... Um, well, uh, there could be an overlap there, but uh, I, I think we suspect um, which uh, affi- um, what the affiliation is of the people that go around, and it's not just mine because other people's. It's almost it seems that like a raiding party comes over and just um, goes off with them, chucks them in the barn, or disposes of them. And this is coming into people's gardens. It's not yeah. just even reaching over mm-hmm. the fence. It's coming in and taking them away. And that's not really that's not really yeah, on, I is totally, it? I totally disagree. Yeah. With, there, there were a lot of things during the re- referendum that I felt like that's not what I stand for at all. Well, that well that happened. Uh, that was happening. Two people were finding uh, farmers were finding if they put out a no poster, it was getting defaced. Uh, I had my own. Uh, I put my teddy bears in the window, and they were uh, <laughs> holding a. F- uh, they were holding no flags, and I decided that was my little. Um, uh, demonstration and it was reasonably safe because it was inside the house. It would never, it would never have ha- uh, done if the teddy bears had been harmed. You know? oh. <laughs> My friend offered to put a poster of me in her window because she lives on quite a main street and uh, see how many eggs got thrown at it. So she's obviously quite confident in my chances of success <laughs> this year. <laughs> well, That's the kind of friends I would have as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I do. I was like, oh, will you put a poster up? She went, yeah, yeah, I'll do a wee survey and see how many times it gets vandalised. I was like, oh, cheers. Well, if it cheers. was eggs, <laughs> it would at least be the right colour. And I believe the way... <laughs> and I believe the way to get egg off, raw egg off or anything, is put lots and lots of salt on it. And I believe it dries and you can then brush it off. Pass so that's the case yes. she needs it. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Handy hints from. <laughs> you got experience with getting rid of egg? No, I don't think so. I read it in uh, probably a probably someone like a people's friend years and years ago. It's just one of these things that I, I remember. I love the people's mm. friend. My mum reads it every week, and I always get it afterwards. I love oh, it. No idea what that is. It's an old, DC Thompson. It's an old ladies' magazine, and you're saying that like I should know that. Well, it's Scottish in Dundee, and it's um, it's got like a nice watercolour of a place, a little village in Scotland, on the front page, and then it's oh, all yes. stories. It's all so coothy. A historic story, and then a modern mm. day story, and then you've got your cereals. You've got two cereals, cornflakes and, and cocoa crispies. Every week, so that's one for every day of the week. You've got a few wee word searches, a crossword. You've got um, your wee catalogue for buying your slippers and your. Bath mats and you know. Do you have the... Francis Gay or, or is that the Sunday Post? I get a bit. Francis conf- Gay is the Sunday Post. Oh right. Yeah. Oh, Do you right. work for the Post Friend? No, like a... I just really like it. <laughs> People's fiend. And right? I feel like, like you have to be probably at least double my age before you can really appreciate it. But I feel like <laughs> I have grown well. into the People's Friend so well. Oh dear, I, I, I remember, I sometimes used to see it at my grandma's house and I remember trying, uh, looking through some of the stories and thinking, oh dear, I mean it was all, um, if anyone was wearing modern type clothes like a mini skirt or something, you knew that something terrible was going to happen to them. It was the yeah. ones that looked terribly old fashioned and things that were the right sort of 
people. Oh, it's so predictable. And it's it, it's, brilliant. I think, but it, but they're very clever, DC Thompson, and they do it to some of them, some of their other publications too. I think they realise that people like nostalgia, and that's what they give them. And people hark back because they all think everything was much better in the good old days. All they mean is that they actually survived them, so it must have been. It can't have been that bad. And it, they remember things as they think they were as yeah, well. Yeah. You're not remembering things yeah, exactly. Yeah, these ideas before. Yeah. So I think the people's friend. Uh, the, the, that's why the sort of uh, watercolour on the front just sort of goes in with that. So which you can order, picture. by the way, by sending uh, an envelope, address envelope off to DC Thompson with a check in it. I know. There's something there. There's that response. Well, it's because um, it's because you have to send a check, and um, the only reason I got a check because when we it's got married, there was people mm. that would only accept check, and I was like, guys, look. It's well, it was 2014 oh, at the time, oh, oh, oh. but still, who's ever used a checkbook in 2014? I didn't. Oh. I've never had a checkbook, yeah. um, and it. I had to get one. I had to go into the bank and say, "Can I have a checkbook, please?" They were like, "What do you want a checkbook for? I can give you one check to fill out." I was like, "No, I need a checkbook. I'm getting married." They were like, "Oh, you're getting married. We'll get a checkbook for you. Don't worry, we're used to this." And apparently, the entire wedding industry is still stuck back in the 50s, making writing out checks to each other. I don't know when. Why does no one have a card machine? Yeah, Why does no one have a card machine? That's why I don't want to get married. Just don't it's bother. Specifically because of the it check. So stressful. <laughs> and the checkbook thing just was one more thing that sent me mm. over the edge until like a meltdown that day. I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> right, so we're going to need to get the people's the people's what's it called? People's friend. The people's friend. People's friend. Get and then if you look at letters, letters with friends at the end, that's mm. where all the people write in with pictures of their granddaughters and grandsons, and like, oh, this was me when I went to Australia on holiday, and it's a ninety-year-old woman with her people's friend in front of like the <laughs> Sydney Opera House. Like, oh, I do that. I've got a funny feeling when we trying to email for for a guest from the people's friend. We're just going to get Lauren at the end of, <laughs> end of the phone. What's up, guys? Like, Hello, it's me. I actually wrote a story. I think uh, I think it was for my. I think I sent it to. I can't remember if I sent it to the People's Friend or to My Weekly, but they didn't like it. They're both DC Thompson things, but they didn't like it. They, 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 they uh, said the heroine, her troubles were of her own making and obviously wasn't the sort of nice message that they mm-hmm. wanted to put out. Um, it was a, a story roughly about someone who, who, who um, wanted a perfect Christmas and was... Uh, um, doing every little detail and everything went like clockwork and it was all wonderful and then she gets thrown because her husband's going to bring two extra guests to Christmas dinner and suddenly she doesn't think she can do it anymore and she runs away to a Scottish island um, in a wee cabin and uh, and she's much happier there spending Christmas Day on her own just uh, drinking cheap red wine out of a wee paper cup and with a, a sausage roll or something like I think that. We've all been there on Christmas um, Day, haven't we? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But that wasn't the sort of thing that the people's friend stroke my weekly or whatever it was um, wanted for well, their. I don't dinner. want to so be boastful, but I have been uh, published in Twinkle. Ooh, in 1996. It's a little girl's magazine, right. um, and I won a little doll for my letter that I sent in and I called it Twinkle and I still have it at my mum's house on my Twinkle You should have brought it up to me I'm a published writer Published well my letter was published I I wasn't great I've uh, I've had stuff in um, what was it I had something in the Scots magazine and um, in Scots most recently in Scottish Islands Explorer I've written one or two wee pieces in that and Jane Anza quiz 
oh. quiz champion quiz of queen. everything. Well, I, don't <laughs> uh, I mean, at the moment I'm uh, hassling my fellow Lib Dems for uh, my latest quiz. Uh, I've been doing a series of them, and um, I uh, the, the format is fifty questions. And the answers all begin with the same letter of the alphabet. We're going through the alphabet for the second time. I thought when I'd got to Z, that's it. But no, they wanted me to go through it again. And you can't Google the answers very easily because a lot of them are cryptic or they're Mm -hmm. puns. Mm -hmm. And uh, because I didn't think it was fair if someone could just sit down at a computer and get all the answers like that. That sounds like I would be rubbish in that. But you might also be awesome. You've got got one I've got... Useless nonsense <laughs> info in your head, and I've got important stuff. <laughs> of so course, <laughs> you have to have a de- to do my quizzes. You have to have a devious mind. There's a wee crossword. In what way? Well, there's a crossword the called. There's a crossword. Right. I could get rid of some dead bodies and some sausage rolls. That's quite devious. I was about to ask, can I, I think Sweeney Todd did that before <laughs> already. But it's um, what I mean is it's the way I'm thinking. There's a little crossword puzzle in the Glasgow Herald called the Wee Stinker. I don't know if you've heard of it, but I've noticed that I seem to be doing the clues a wee bit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there tend to be anagrams all over the place, and uh, as I said, puns and uh, and the like. But uh, that's. Just uh, that—that's just one of the wee things I do. Mm-hmm. You only get quizzes. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, I, really um, bad. I mean, I go to pub quizzes hoping to win the last place prize. Like that's my goal for the <laughs> night. If I can have the concentration to get through to the end, then mm. that's a win for me, really. I'm, I'm unfortunate because I have this pile of absolutely useless knowledge when it comes to doing podcasts and stuff. Yeah, I don't know where you get it. I don't know. Well, that, that's the annoying thing because I know tons of stuff that you would never even think to even try to understand. No. But when it comes to doing like politic podcast and stuff, I kind of struggle a wee bit <laughs> with you and the sort of forefront. Well, it's easy to read about politics. How do, oh, yeah. how do you read about useless information? It's just absolutely well, useless stuff. Can you Google useless information? I bet there's a website. There's probably is. Well, when I was a child, um, I got the Look and Learn mm. magazine. And that, a lot of that general knowledge stuff has stuck with me since then. Um, sort of thing. Again, you Google that and you can find out what it was like. It was an educational magazine mm-hmm. for children. There was an even more junior one called The Treasure, which started on that and then went on to the Look and Learn. And it had all these things about science, about biographies, mm-hmm. about history and lovely illustrations. Um, so it made it really interesting. And that's I said. That's where I got an awful lot of um, my useless Twinkle. information. That's why I'm not any good at. You read what? I read Twinkle. That's oh, why Twinkle. I'm not any good at. <laughs> named, a, named after a singer who just recently died, and her main hit was Terry. And I know the secretary of the Twinkle fan club who lives in Creil, by the way. But um, <laughs> ironically, useless information. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. That's amazing. Connections, that's beautiful. It did. Well, the the singer did. I love that you knew, you knew, you just finished talking about useless information. And (laughs) And then you, that's amazing. (laughs) See, that's the talent that I've not got. Mm -hmm. I need to to read about stuff and then not understand it for 12 weeks. And then then finally just just feel it click. And then I know Do you ever someone... wake up in the middle of the night and just suddenly go, oh God, that's it, all just slotted mm. into place now. We, we... I do that so often, I'll be fretting about stuff and then like, just I'll suddenly wake up in the middle of the night and like hit my husband and be like, oh my God, I know, I understand now. And he'll be like, just shut up and just... I, I, we, we, we were that. talking about that, maybe we were talking about the click. The click. 
Oh, like eventually you'll be sitting learning about someone, and then someone will happen. You'll be like, Yeah, ah, I'm yet to have that. Eureka! I had a situation when I was studying to be an accountant and I'd done two years at this point and I was uh, volunteering at Furniture Plus in Kirkcaldy which is a really good charity and the woman said something to me and she's oh yeah so um, debits and credits it's just like a debit card and a credit card so on one you owe money and on the other one you have the money and then spend it and I was like are you joking me and it, I, like I knew I knew how to do them but every time I just sit down and really really think about it and then she just said that one thing and I was I can't believe for two years I've been sitting struggling with this mm. and you just said one thing and it's just made everything a million times easier I've done that a few times a year you'll say something and I'll be like ah, do, ah that makes sense or you even like as you're, right. as, you're, even as you're just talking about something you'll be like totally that's we what we're there right we were talking about uh, Congress aye aye you were like it's just a congre- congressional meeting aye, there's nothing to do with it and then I was like Totally just understood that as I was saying it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I had a eureka moment when I was cycling, probably over to Cooper actually, um, and this goes back to when I, when I was at school because um, I think what had happened was one of the... I do these crossword puzzles every week and send them in. I keep winning dictionaries. Um, and uh, it was one of them, I think they'd, sometimes they'd print the wrong grid and that's quite fun because I can usually work out the grid and then put the answers then so um, so I'd been trying to work out how many letters it should have uh, how many squares it should have and whether it was 14 or, or whether it was 15 and then I was just cy- cycling along and thought yes well that meant if you had if you had to increase it by one if it was from 14 to 15 then you needed 14 down the side and another 14 along the bottom and one and then suddenly it was x plus 1 all squared equals x squared plus 2x plus 1. And I thought, that's what it meant when I was doing my higher maths all years ago. But it took me able to visualise it, because I was trying to do a crossword grid. I could feel the heat coming through your head that was just blown (laughs) Why did I mention the M word? <laughs> Sorry, I've, you've I've, destroyed Craig. <laughs> this is why I talk about politics. So ah, much right. <laughs> and cycling and doing maths on a bike. So maths was easily my worst subject in, in the, the world. Same, same. I Jeremy. failed general standard grade maths, and then went to college to do computing, and failed again. <laughs> Oh, too bad. It's just it's trigonometry. Trigonometry makes no sense. So katoa. That it doesn't help. <laughs> Sine is opposite over hypotenuse. Cosine is adjacent over hypotenuse, and tangent is opposite over adjacent. You're making that's it your, more complicated. That's your, well, that's how you remember it. I feel like it. you've just said a nonsense sentence yeah. there that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Zero I just, well, that's possible. I don't. I hope if my if my former maths teacher's listening, I'm sure she would have correct me corrected me if I got it wrong. We've got an, uh, an economist lecturer coming in on um, Thursday for a debate on socialism versus capitalism. Uh huh. So I might get him to teach me trigonometry. Just say socatua. <laughs> That'll so do. Just say socatua, and he'll go. Hi. Uh, where's that? Socatua. <laughs> <laughs> or he might have a different system and go, nah, it's push. Do this one. <laughs> he, he might he might indeed. I mean, uh, that, that, that was some time ago. Maybe they've come up with a new word. Like, <laughs> when, I was, when I started off at um, St Andrews, the uh, people doing double maths, which I wasn't, I hasten to add, but they called some, it was called spam. Mm-hmm. Because it was stats, pure, applied, and methods. 
And then a year or so later, it became scamp because computer science got in. So right. goodness knows what they call it now, <laughs> if, they, if they still do that. But uh, you, You'd own computer, didn't you? I was a computer. You said on the Lib Dems website you had a, a background in IT. That's right. Uh, Royal Bank of Scotland, in fact. Right. Um, I, was, I first did some computing um, at St Andrews, and that was on the, an IBM 360 mainframe, um, operating systems, 44 MFT and racks, and uh, it was punched card input. Oh, this is way before my time. Uh, obviously, obviously. And uh, then I started work at the Royal Bank of Scotland doing their computers. And I, I believe at about the same time, because I graduated just a few minutes after him, um, there was a young man called Alex Salmond who was in the economy, ec- economics uh, part of, of the bank. But So I, I never ran into him there. But um, So I was programming the Royal Bank of, uh, of Scotland's computer uh, and this was all the days of big mainframes and everything. Have you thought about the same Alex Salmon, like yeah, Eck. That's right. Oh. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, I vaguely remember him on the SRC at St Andrews. He was he was quite uh, quite good then, and uh, used to answer questions yes or no. And uh, he was uh, he was vice president of something or other, if I recall correctly. But uh, he he seemed quite convincing and quite genuine. Nice. But people grow up. <laughs> <laughs> See, politicians need to dig. There you go. There you go. Well, didn't, I didn't want us to be having too much of a, a love-in or something, uh, as, as one might have called it. <laughs> so I've got I've only got really one more thing, and it's a drug reform. Uh huh. You're quite happy with the drugs. I've uh, made up a slogan for this, oh, which right. I think is quite appropriate: um, "Potheads, not potholes." vote Lib Dem I'm voting Lib Dem I don't even smoke weed I don't smoke no, I've, I've never smoked anything in my life um, Do you? are you a pothead? Um, well my dad is half Dutch so I've been to Amsterdam quite a few times so, yes. my dad is Dutch I am half Dutch sorry I forgot my nationality um, <laughs> uh, So, but not, not in this country because it's illegal uh, yeah and also um, <laughs> because it's a hassle I don't want to have to meet like a drug dealer down that's a shady it. alley. That's, that's no one, one of the biggest things. It's always a hassle to. Is that I could easily get weed and have it delivered to my door at eleven o'clock at night, and yet I can't buy painkillers from the chemist after six. <laughs> ah, I didn't know that. Didn't so that's fun. Mm-hmm. Yes. So maybe drug reform is a bad thing. Well, I think the only drugs I tend to have anything to do with are um, coffee and chocolate and alcohol, mm. um, which I think are all legal. Um, you should see what coffee does to a spider when it's trying to make a web, by yeah. the way. Uh, that, that was, uh, I think they were comparing it with heroin and alcohol. LSD as well. Well, I didn't, mm. well the old money, I remember that. I can convert back into it. Um, but should never have changed it. But... Uh, <laughs> But uh, yes, it was amazing what the effect that it had on an ether cap trying to spin a web if it had had caffeine before. Dear me. Yeah, caffeine's caffeine's, uh, it's got bad points to it, but it's also delicious. Mm. Uh, That's true. Indeed, indeed. So I think the overall policy is not to legalise all drugs, but sort of have more, less... Less incarceration and more yeah, rehab. I mean, yeah, basically it's to treat it as a health issue instead yes. of a criminal matter. Um, That's right. I mean, if people are struggling with addiction, the last thing they need is to be locked up with other addicted people um, or worse, like people that have committed 
Murder. really horrible crimes yeah. instead of just you know meeting yes. someone down a back alley to get a bit of weed you know what I mean yeah. um, so it's just about treating it as a health issue um, making sure that people are in like a safe place like I mean I know that like in Fife we've already got like the needle schemes and stuff but we mm. could go a long way to make sure that people are a little bit more safe and hopefully mm. taking the stigma away takes away the, the, the sort of addiction side of it I mean if you're able to say like oh like same with booze um, like you, you, you see everyone going a bit crazy once they turn eighteen and they're able mm-hmm. to go out. They're out every night because they can. Mm. Um, like just, but then obviously, like once you're a bit older, like you can just go out for a drink and just have one, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And this, it could be the same sort of thing. Can you? You could go out for just one. I'm told that, yeah. <laughs> Some people can do that. I don't understand it myself. Never met a single it's, person. It's just about like not making it like a big deal, not having to hide it, mm. just being able yes. to to. Yeah, because we we were at a pub playing pool. And thought, kid, I've got a pint of beer here. I'd much rather have a tin of brew. <laughs> it tastes much that. better, and it's not a whole pint, so you don't need to drink it all, mm-hmm. and it's cheaper. Absolutely. So, yeah. aye, I've just got all that sugar in it, which is doing other things. Do you? But that's another mm-hmm. matter. Mm-hmm. Like in Amsterdam, you never see people like with a problem there, do you? Like with drugs or that, really? I've never seen major so, problems. That's the, the ones that come from Scotland and England. They're usually the ones that are kind of overpowered. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Time, it's so. the people that the drug tourists. Whereas like the the Dutch people there just seem dead chilled out. They're mm-hmm. like, oh well, we can do that or we can not do that. It's not a problem, and it's there. It's a bit easier. So hopefully mm-hmm. we could adopt something that's just a little bit more health based as opposed to sort. That's of right. I think the idea is that if you've got small uh, amounts that are obviously for your own personal use, then that's. Uh, I think that is that the bit that's to be decriminalised. It's something along yeah, these lines. Like if it's if it's if you've got stuff for supply, then that's uh, then they throw the book at you. But mm. if it's small quantities for personal use, then it's it, it would be treated Especially as a health. Especially because a drug problem. charge can really like really ruin your life, and if you're young and you just made like one. You know, you just mm. it could be your first time and you get caught. It's more likely to be on your first time that you get caught because you've not yeah. learned to be sneaky. <laughs> um, and and that can like, I mean, that could if if they were making an example of you and choosing to like go the full course of the law with you, that could ruin your life. If you've got a proper drugs charge, you're not going to get a job easily after that. Are you? The thing so, I find mm. hilariously hypocritical in politics is that a lot of politicians have dabbled in illegal drugs that they would quite happily see other people go to jail for. Like there was a a Canadian a Canadian guy. I don't know I don't know their system, I don't know if he was a senator or if he was an MP or whatever it is. But he was taking I think it was meth or something like that. And he was quite happy to or accept Ford. it. it I crystal meth rather than meths, I hope. Well I, I, <laughs> anyway, whatever it was yeah. as a he, he was quite happy to just go about his day and take meth and then charge other people for yeah but but, but, but you must have uh, come across that sort of thing uh, uh, parents especially oh, will exactly have, will have done things <laughs> yeah. when they were younger and they say uh, don't, uh, don't do as I did do mm-hmm. as I say mm-hmm. um, there's a line in uh, oh, I was like that when a lad a, a proper young scamp and a rover I behaved like a regular cad and that sort of thing is now over and uh, I'm now a, I'm now a respectable chap. I shine with a virtue resplendent, and therefore I haven't a scrap of sympathy with the defendant. W. S. Gilbert's trial by jury, but uh, but it's that sort of thing. So you can't be too hard on people just for saying that they. Um, well, yes, I did that when I was younger. I accept that I shouldn't have, and that's why we're going to because there were consequences, and that's why I'm going to try and protect other people from that. What is wrong is if someone is still doing it yeah. and then condemning 
someone else for uh, for for taking these substances. Mm. Uh, I like the fact the the difference between legalization and decriminalization as well was that you're not trying to create a market for heroin; no. you're just trying to not have people ruin their life even more after taking heroin than they're no put beside violent criminals and then they're not coming out angry and being even more violent because they've no had hair. Yeah, I mean, like, I just think, like, you can only learn bad things in jail. Like, I, I, I don't believe that it's a great place to rehabilitate people no. for, like, society. Mm. I, I really don't believe that it does a good job in doing that. Um, and Jimmy Boyle? What about Jimmy Boyle, though? I mean, he seemed to have been turned around and uh, he's in the special units and became an artist. People can turn around. I'm not Mm. saying that. I just mean, like, putting people in jail for, like, having a bit of weed on them isn't... Uh, Jimmy Boyle had murdered someone, admittedly. It's not going to make... It's not going to make people come out better people, I don't think. I think that's something where you need to, like, maybe have a look at the health issues and, like, why are people turning into that in the first place? What's Mm. going on at home for them? Things Mm. like that. Like, surely we can make their life better for them without locking them away for a year. Taking people out of society for a year doesn't teach them to be better in society. Yeah. <laughs> no, think, that's uh, Prison should, this is my thing, that prison should be meant to protect other people. If somebody's a serial killer, put them in prison where they can't murder a bunch of people. Mm. If someone's a paedophile, put them in prison so that they can't get to kids. Mm. But people who are non-violent, non-victim crimes, seems a bit, a bit like a waste of time to put them in prison. Yeah, I struggle to sort of make the the two sort of line up in my head. It's difficult because I think people do need to be punished and I'm not sure how you could do that without taking away the privilege of living in a free society. But it's mm. it's I don't think it necessarily helps them either and obviously the ultimate goal would be to rehabilitate. So it's really difficult. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> this is why you have the, some of these community payback schemes which are good. And one of the... Uh, this, this is a different topic here, but um, the, this is what's so pernicious about some of the the um, workfare type schemes, because uh, the sort of things that were being suggested for people who are long term unemployed so was to continue getting their benefit. Um, it was being suggested that they should do unpaid work, commu- unpaid community work, which sounds just like unpaid community schemes, which are uh, your your punishment. And it was even suggested that picking up litter in the park would be one thing to do. And that's the sort of thing that is handed out as a sentence yeah, to an offender. And you're, tre- and you're treating someone who's unemployed like that? Then you're saying we are punishing you. And that's all wrong. That's all wrong. I think that's. Any questions? I'm I'm cool. Are you got any questions for each other? Or Or us? Is what you want to talk about, Russ? Or anything you need to to say at the end? Anybody you need to talk about? Or well, I I think. Well, I hope that uh, the people that have been listening to this. uh, they're not going to write us off completely. They might find out we're actually human. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This this will never do. That's our reputation as politicians. You're not lizards. No, no, not a lizard. Uh, not You've been asked this many times about being lizards and like that. You've been no, asked this. this is a first yeah. for me. Not even a lizard on a lounge. A uh, lounge have you lizard. been in contact with the Illuminati yet? Have they? Uh, no, I don't Who? think they. Um, I don't think they're interested in me no. personally. They've not approached me. They're not for the Illuminati. Not yet. I mean, hopefully, when I am the prime minister one day, they will approach me. But until hmm. then, I've not Maybe. heard from them. Yes. I should have been prime minister. You know, I think that would be really good. Well, I think that's it. Thank you. Cheers for coming in. Right, thanks for having us. Thanks very much for coming, mate.
Oh.